Hey there, thanks for listening to the Micro Influencer Podcast today. I'm Blake Emmel. Would you invest $6 to become a better marketer? Of course you would. Well, I've started a private community on Patreon to give you way more in-depth content and guidance to help you grow your business and audience. So here's what you get when you sign up. First off, you get a one-time personal consultation with me when you join, totally free after you sign up. That's usually a 30-minute conversation. We can talk about anything that you want. Then we do weekly group consulting based on a topic that the group most cares about that provides tactical advice, usually a screen share by me. And I often post more than one thing per week as well as a bonus. And finally, we do a monthly group Zoom AMA, and it lasts as long as you have questions. So come prepared for that to ask any and everything. And it's all month to month, no risk. So try it out. If it ain't for you, scrap it. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Blake Emmel. Again, that's patreon.com slash B-L-A-K-E-E-M-A-L. So just my name. Enjoy the episode. Building thought leadership on any social media platform, it's about scaling one-to-one relationships. So building a relationship with one person and then the next and then the next will ultimately catapult you. It goes beyond just the amount of one-to-one conversations you can have. Welcome, welcome today. I'm speaking with Staffo Teampont, who is going to dive deep into LinkedIn with us. Now, we've talked about the subject with other guests, but Staffo has a really unique take on how to get started on LinkedIn. If you're totally starting from scratch, if you have misconceptions about what the platform is, if you have no idea how to use it. So make sure to stick around through the entire interview. And at the end, he's going to give you his number one piece of life advice for you specifically based on his experience. So you're not going to want to miss that. Without further ado, let's just start learning with Staffo. All right, on the podcast today, I have Staffo Teenpont, who is here to talk LinkedIn with us, somebody that is not only a consultant about this thing, but he's he actually acts on his own advice. You can go check him out on LinkedIn, and, and we'll get to that later on. First off, Staffo, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. I, I just came off my own show, and you know, I'm just enjoying uh, talking so much <laughs> on a nice day like this. Nice to be do here. You like hearing your own, do you like hearing your own voice? Not really, but I do enjoy talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Hearing my own voice on, on microphone is kind of weird, but you get over it because it's fun to talk to people. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. Well, f- before we get into the details of LinkedIn, I know you're going to give us a ton of advice on how to grow on LinkedIn, but first and foremost, I want some quick context on you so that the audience knows who they're dealing with here. So first and foremost, just curious about the story of your career so far, where you got started and how you ended up where you are now as briefly as you can. As briefly as I can. Okay. So yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I lived in a jiu-jitsu gym in Stockholm, even though I'm originally from Belgium, which is the other side of Europe. One day I realized, you know what, by beating up my friends all day, I'm not really providing much value to the world. I figured I have a knack for both language and systems. And then what I figured out was that Marketing is right on the edge of that. I started a Facebook group, got to start working with my favorite author, all this kind of stuff. And before I knew it, I got started with LinkedIn because I wanted to learn a new platform. I somehow got into a super secret group of people that were basically the best to ever do it on LinkedIn. And I just started picking their brains and I started learning all this kind of LinkedIn stuff. 
did it for myself. And then I figured, you know what, this is so helpful for myself to generate leads and also generate awareness and build connections and network. I'm going to do this as a service for other people. And since then, we've been turning other people into LinkedIn thought leaders and generating leads for them. Some highlights were when a multi-billion dollar multimedia titan started reaching out to our clients purely based on their content, but also getting some of our clients on sales calls with Microsoft, Lime, and the like. So yeah, it's been a... That's my journey so far, I guess. Uh, and, and you're still going. You're, you're yeah. just at the beginning, right? Definitely, definitely. I, I don't know if uh, I'm going li- to limit myself to LinkedIn forever, but I'm definitely still yep. going strong every day. Awesome. And, and if I were to ask you what you think your professional superpower is, what would you say? That's a really good, a really good question. I'm actually a really good networker, I would say. Even though I don't spend much time, I'm really good at building relationships fast. And somehow, I don't know what it is, but when I talk to people, they walk away with the idea that I really know what I'm talking about, which makes it, makes it easy for me to sell, but also to get buy-in when I'm working with people, which ultimately allows me to get good results. But the networking and personal impact is for sure the key, I would say. Well, that's, that's good because that's what LinkedIn's all about. So let's dive into that and just start talking about how this group of of listeners that are bootstrappers and micro-influencers can actually grow on LinkedIn. My first question really would be, if you are starting out with zero, you're a micro-influencer, you are an entrepreneur that's just starting out, how can you actually get anybody to take your thought leadership seriously? Well, first and foremost, you got to have at least some skill in some area. So you got to be good at something and have something to say about it. I would say that's pretty important. The second thing that I would say you have to do or what's it's optimal if before you actually start creating the content and, and doing all that search stuff to also know who it is that you want to talk to. So your ideal target audience, a, a good way to figure that out is to interview the best clients you have. So not just any of the clients, but the best clients that you have uh, and figure out how you can find more of those people. Now on a tactical level, what that means is to Figure out the type of people that you want, then going in LinkedIn search or LinkedIn sales navigator, finding those exact individuals, sending them a connection request, and then after they accept to start a conversation with them. LinkedIn voice messages work really well because they're an extra personal touch there. And really, you know, as I'm sure many people have said on your shows, building thought leadership on any social media platform, it's about scaling one-to-one relationships. So building a relationship with one person and then the next and then the next will ultimately catapult you so it goes beyond just the amount of one-to-one conversations you can have. But that sounds like a lot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, there's, there's no way to, to cheat the system? You're saying I have to put in work? I, I, well, actually there is, but it depends on, on bootstrapping how, what, that, what kind of a budget you have. Uh, one thing that I'll, I'll say is if you take either sales navigator and use that to find like the ideal people that you want or external lists such as top 10 entrepreneurs in the city top top 100 marketers in that city whatever and then find those people on linkedin you could actually automate a part of the work with tools such as WeConnect or growth lead or phantom buster and send these people automated connection requests and follow-up messages now the issue with that when you're starting out is that you don't know yet which messages people will respond to and you might just burn like thousands of people that you could have potentially built mm. really good relationships with. So my advice is to start doing it manually at the very least 
And then once you get a good fit between your message and your audience, that's when you can scale it up by either using automation tools or by using virtual assistants. Now, I have to say, this is obviously against the terms of service. So it's not something I would officially recommend. Mm. Well, let's let's start out at, at the very bottom then and just talk about briefly what the most effective way is that you've seen to start building an audience. The most effective way is to do this, the, the things I mentioned earlier, which is knowing exactly who it is that you want to talk to and then mm. actually talking to them on all the touch points you have. So a touch point on LinkedIn would be the other person's own content. So commenting on their stuff as well as uh, the LinkedIn DMs. So chatting with these people directly. Those are, in my, in my estimation, the best, uh, most effective tools. And the reason for that is that the personal contact has the highest amount of impact per individual. So if you can get to 100 true fans, meaning 100 people that you actually communicate with on a weekly basis, one-on-one, -on -one, that will just spill over into a larger audience over time because of the network effect. Is, is an audience on LinkedIn, in terms of your content, is that as valuable as having a, a good audience on, say, YouTube or Instagram? Uh, if, uh, do you mean if they have a similar size? Do, 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 I, I mean, if just... Uh, just like if, if, you're, if you're treating your LinkedIn almost like a channel where you're putting out content to reach an audience, so not necessarily touching on the outreach and sales navigator side of things, but just creating content. If you're trying to reach that audience as a, as a channel, is LinkedIn as a channel through content as effective as having like a, a good YouTube channel or a good Instagram channel? I, I would say that depends 100% on who your target audience is. So if you're trying to get the generation z or whatever probably TikTok is going to be way more TikTok is going to be way more effective for you but if you're trying to get you know like young professionals um, seasoned professionals executive ceos people that usually have a high amount of spending power then i think linkedin is second to none so it depends 100 percent on who it is that you're trying to target now is is 100 then the question is if you have if, if you have the perfect, if YouTube is a perfect platform for you and LinkedIn is a perfect platform for somebody else and you have a thousand followers on both, which is going to be bringing, be bringing you the most um, mm. ROI. And that's going to depend on how good you are at using the platform. One really big benefit is that uh, on LinkedIn, somebody that is connected with you, you have immediately have an open line of communication. So that means you can immediately message them and advance the conversation while on YouTube, you don't really expect somebody they're subscribed to to reach out to you directly. So I think the nature of LinkedIn is that it's built for a two-way communication stream. And if you have mm. solid sales skills, I think that it's a really good platform to monetize. Let's, let's move into the actual, the money side of things, because that's, that's the point of all this, right? We're not just building side projects for the fun of it. We want to make money off of it eventually. So how can people use content and use these connections on LinkedIn to actually drive revenue down the road, given that they probably don't actually have a business right now? It's more of either an idea or something that they're trying to build. So, so wait, could you rephrase the question? So is, is the question on, is the question, how can you monetize your LinkedIn audience? Right. Well, so the, so the thing is, if you want to monetize your LinkedIn audience, it's all about social selling. So that means, like I said, if you're connected to these people that we've been talking about, so the, the ones that are your ideal audience, 
the best way, in my opinion, is to just move move from somebody engages on your post to connecting with them to messaging them or commenting on their stuff and then turning that into a, into a, some kind of a discovery call or an audiobook download, an ebook download or whatever, and to then sell them through whatever the next step of your funnel is. I wouldn't say selling directly on LinkedIn is the best thing to do. In my opinion, any social media platform that you can build an audience on, it's all about getting off that platform, you know? So you mm-hmm. want to use LinkedIn to get the phone call. You want to use the phone call to either make the sale or to get a real life meeting. And I think that is, that is similar across um, all platforms. So and to that, I would like to add that um, if you're going to do LinkedIn, usually it's not really worth the effort unless you have a product that's going to be a lifetime value of at the very least $500 but I would recommend more looking into LinkedIn when you have a lifetime value of around $5,000 per client. Well, that, that kind of takes me into an, another question then around that. Basically, if I'm trying to sell on LinkedIn, get somebody off the platform, what, what if my platform is still in progress? What do I do then? Is LinkedIn still effective for me if I'm still kind of trying to build my website or my product that's off the platform? Should I still be trying to create content on LinkedIn and build that up? Or is it something I should wait on? I made a couple of hundred thousand dollars of LinkedIn and I've never even built a website. So the thing is, the thing is, it's not about, you know, getting the perfect email list, getting the perfect landing page, getting the perfect whatever. Those things are good. And if they, if they are the tool that you need to reach your goals, you should definitely invest in those. But in my opinion, for most people, the best thing they can do is to just get them on a phone call. You know, it could be a Zoom, it could be um, whatever Apple has, FaceTime, it could be Skype. I think those are things that you can use for free in order to talk to people on the phone. And in most, for most people, that is just the very best chance you have of selling somebody, right? Like if you have five people visiting your landing page or you have five people getting on the phone with you, the, the, the chance of you converting them to a paying customer for most people, it's going to be higher by getting them on the phone. I'm curious, then you talk a lot about one-on-one communication and then trying to scale that. That's the most effective way to use LinkedIn or pretty much any other social media platform. When, what I see a lot on LinkedIn is people will DM me and immediately without context, they will say, hey, this is what I do. I think that this could be really helpful for you. Let's jump on a 15-minute call. And I've never responded to one of those and I get them all the time and they're really frustrating. So I'm curious, I see very little good outreach on LinkedIn. How would you do outreach if you're trying to get people on a call to talk about your product or something? How would you do it so that it's not annoying and that people will actually respond to you? Yeah, so that's a really good question. The thing is, I would say the the, the specific examples you just mentioned, the problem there is the copy more than anything else. So it's, it's a very different thing if you message somebody and say, hey, I have this cool thing. Do you want to buy it? It's a very different thing to say like, yeah. hey, I was on your website. I noticed that, the desi- that there's the small mistake in your design or that your design could be a little bit better. I think I could help you with this. I don't necessarily think I need to charge for this. I really just want to help. Would you be interested in just like talking to me for 50 minutes and see how I can help you with the design of your website or any of those kind of things? The, there's a couple of main things that really make cold outreach work. 
uh, or outreach, because if you're creating content, it's not necessarily cold outreach. And that mm -hmm. is knowing exactly who it is that you're talking to. And that doesn't mean knowing their job title. That means knowing what does a day in their life look like, which problems do they have, and how can you relate to those problems? So understanding your audience, being able to turn that into copy that works for the platform. So knowing how to write without being spammy and how to write in a way that makes other people feel seen and heard. The, those are the, in my opinion, the, the two best ones. But then you also need to have a product that actually has product market fit. You know, we've seen campaigns where, where everything's where, where we know exactly who we're talking to. We know their problem. The copy is written by the best in the world that I know and still nothing happens. And that is because there's not necessarily a fit between the product and the market. So there's many things um, that go into it. Another thing that I will that I will like to add to that, that I think is extremely important is figuring out a way to give value first. So if you, if you, if your target audience is, let's say CMOs and you want to help them with, let's say starting their own podcast, which is, which might be a common need for CMOs, might not be. How mm. about you actually create a video explaining how somebody could start a podcast, even though they're a super busy CMO, and then how they can do that without having the problems that they think they might have. So the, they might be afraid of ruining their reputation, might be afraid that they don't have the time, might be afraid that nobody's going to listen to it. If you already know these things about your audience, how about you just make an ebook upfront? How about you make a video upfront? or any of those kind of things and give that first before you ask to get on the phone call. Now, to add to that real quick is if you're creating content, and I think a lot of your audience here, a lot of people listening are like micro-influencers or want to mm. be micro-influencers, that means you're already creating content. And that means that you most of the time don't have to do outreach. Most of the time people start reaching out to you because you're already providing value in the feed as content. And then that turns the whole paradigm upside down. Because, for example, I haven't really have to do any cold outreach on my accounts basically ever because I get people coming in based on my content and I get friends of happy clients coming in to, to, to my DMs and I have other like influencers referring me as well. And then I don't need to do much of those things because there's already that trust and that impact that's created upfront. And all I have to do is send my booking link and they'll show up. So the goal of LinkedIn is to get off LinkedIn, but that doesn't mean that you have to do cold outreach. You know, there's many ways of like establishing this personal connection over chat. I'd love to dive in a little bit into your personal content. Cause I know that there, like you mentioned, a lot of the people, if not most that are listening here are creating content in some form. So they probably use some help. And in terms of LinkedIn specifically, I'm curious what your posting conventions look like. If you've noticed that you need to post at certain times, for example, like does that stuff matter? The technicalities of it, the time you post, the format, what have you noticed that actually matters when you're posting? So like I, so before I really go into it, I, I have made a checklist uh, on like a Google doc that uh, people could have if they wanted it. And it's basically 10 points. And in my opinion, if your post adheres to those 10 points and it's at least a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10, it has everything it needs in order to be successful in the feed. So if you want, I'll just send you this, uh, the link to this Google Doc after the recording, and then you can yeah. share that with your audience. I think that's very useful. Um, 
apart from that, I'm gonna I'm just repeating myself, but it's so important that it, there's actually some sort of a value in it. Now, then the real question is, what is it that makes it valuable? And that, in my opinion, it's either give somebody the opportunity to experience an emotional spike, which means laugh, get angry, be inspired. If you give that as value or practical value, if I do X and Y, I will achieve result X, some kind of explanation. Then the third type of value is social value, which is giving the people the opportunity to network with each other. That being said, the most important part is for sure the first line of your post. That needs to create some kind of intrigue and it needs to just force people to read on. You don't want people to be able to stop reading from the first line to the last line. Uh, the second part is you really want to have all the parts of a good story. So that would mean you have some kind of point of inflection, some kind of point of tension. The world is not as it's supposed to be. You have some obstacles, possibly somebody coming in to help. Then you have a solution and then there's a lesson based on all of those. Those could all be verbally stated, like written out very specifically, but they could also be implied. Either is fine. So that's more of a copy from a copy standpoint. You also have some more technical best practices. Usually I like to post in the morning of the workday of, so if, if you're in the U S in your, the, the morning of your workday. So the whole post has basically the whole day to grow in the feed before the people go to sleep. Images seem to not work very well for most PDFs seem to work really, really well at the moment. The video works well in terms of impact per viewer, but the total amount of viewer is usually a little bit lower. And then having URLs inside of your post usually doesn't work very well. So what you can do is actually post whatever URL you have in the comments and then link to that comment in your post because that turns it into an internal link instead of an external link. And then make sure that the algorithm doesn't um, slow down your post because the algorithm does slow your post if you have a bunch of URLs inside of the post. Interesting. Yeah, I've actually never heard that one before. So could you break that down just a little bit more with the, with the internal linking on the comment? Can yeah. you just explain so, that process again? Yeah, so I'll just say it how you would do it step by step. You, yeah. you, you, you write a post and you have a link that, people want, that you want people to visit. So you yeah. upload the post without the link in the post. So the post is online. Then you mm -hmm. comment on your own post with the link. And then there's three dots next to your comments. You click on it and then there's something along the lines of copy link to the post. You copy it, you go back and you edit your original post, not the comment, the post, and then you link to the comment. And this will make sure that LinkedIn will not penalize you for using a link. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a super technical, but really helpful thing. And then in terms of engagement, we talk more about the technical side of the content here, but just to kind of wrap things up, how, how have you been able to maximize your engagement with content? So if you look at how networks behave, is you, it, you could basically imagine kind of like a pyramid. The top 1% is creating content. The, then the 9% below that is engaging on content. And the 90% below that is seeing content, but not really doing anything with it. So my strategy has always been engage with the, with the top 10%. So the content creators, as well as the engagers, and try to build one-on-one -on -one relationships with each one of those. This will make them more inclined to engage on your content. And since they are more visible as they're more on the top of the pyramid, their engagement will lead, will, will make it so that your content is seen by more people. Now, there's many ways of doing this. You can make agreements with these people it's like, hey, let's do this on a regular basis. That would be what they call an engagement pod. 
There's even some tools supposedly that automate this. That's another option. I always like to go back to the core foundation and the foundation is networks organize themselves in a predictable fashion. And that is top 1% creates new stuff. Bottom 9%, uh, the, the next 9% engages on the new stuff created. The bottom 90% just sees it. By focusing on the mm. top 1% and the top 9%, you will always be with the most visible and most impactful people. And the bottom 90% sees the, the top 10%. So anything they do is highly visible for the rest. And this, in my opinion, is what allows you to build an audience over time. I really appreciate all of the, the advice and the technicality there. Really, really helpful for building LinkedIn. My final question, I asked this of, of all guests being more general here, but considering the audience of bootstrappers and micro-influencers or people at the beginning of their journey, so far in your life and your professional experience, what would be your biggest piece of advice to them? Before you start some sort of a business, don't just think about, can I do it? Will I find the people to do it? All this kind of stuff. Think about which lifestyle is this business going to create for me? For example, if you, you might want to have the idea of starting a tech company but a, or a startup, let's say, but you know, a startup, there's a lot of stress with that. You have to talk to investors, all this kind of stuff. Maybe you would be more happier as a freelancer. So when you start something, don't just think about, can you do it? How much money is there going to be in it? Also think, okay, so this is going to create a lifestyle for myself. Is this actually the lifestyle that I want? I love that. Well, Staffo, would love to give you a chance just to talk about what you're working on right now and where people can find you on social media before we let you go. Well, they can just find me on um, Staffo on LinkedIn. I'm very easy to find. I'm sure you could link this in the show mm -hmm. notes. So the best way yep. to find me is to just find me on LinkedIn, my personal profile, or join my Facebook group, The Marketing Family. And what I'm working on right now, honestly, is my own podcast. I've been doing a live show for couple of years interviewing really, really interesting guests. That means top entrepreneurs, top marketers, best-selling authors. And I've been really using these calls to get basically consulting from them, learn the most mm -hmm. practical, useful stuff, just like we're doing in this um, interview. And I've just recently started repurposing that on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all this kind of places. And if anybody would if anybody thought what I had to say today was somehow a little bit interesting, I would love them to just check out my show real quick. And my show is called TMF Picnic, The TMF Picnic. And you can literally find it anywhere. And if you listen to it and you think it's awesome, let me know. If you listen to it and you think it's shitty, definitely let me know because I'm always looking to improve anything that I'm doing. Awesome. Well, I will definitely be checking that out. And I personally am very grateful to have you on the show today. I learned a lot. I know that the audience is going to appreciate it too. Staff Pond, thank you again for coming on to the show and have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Micro Influencer Podcast. The show has received so much positive feedback and I've had so many great guests come on that the show is officially moving to three episodes per week. Two of the episodes will be the guest interviews you've come to love, featuring pros who have tested out what you're doing now and can save you years of your time with their advice. The third episode each week will be a much shorter snippet of my learnings and advice for the week. Please support the show by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, leaving a review, or sharing an episode with a friend or colleague. 
And if you have any questions or just want to see what this thing is that I'm building, visit microinfluential.com. You can even listen to the website. That's microinfluential.com. Have a fantastic day.